Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to today's guest speaker, Chris Dew, for this week's message. What is up, Vineyard Church family? I'm so excited uh, to be with you guys again, and I'm excited about this message. I really believe like uh, the Lord is going to speak to us through this text. Um, yeah, let's pray together uh, uh, to kick it off right now. Heavenly Father, I pray uh, that you would speak to each one of us. Would you allow us to operate in power as a church, to operate in power as individuals? And I pray that you'd be glorified today. Advance your kingdom through us and through our church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As I read through church history, and as, as I read through the scriptures and Acts especially, that there's been times in history where the church has operated in power. That there's been places in time where the church has operated in great power, um, healings are happening, salvations are happening, and culture is looking to the church for answers. There's also been times in church history where the church in places and times have lacked power. There's been times in church history where they haven't really been experiencing salvation and, and, and uh, fruit ultimately. And as I uh, just kind of observe the world, and you probably know this as well, but in Asia and Africa and even South America, uh, that the church is thriving right now and is, um, you know, under persecution in a lot of those places, yet also that there is great fruit. There's great power happening through the church. But as I look at uh, the church in the West, I don't see that. I see a flailing church. I see a church that's lacking power in lots of ways. So the question that I want to try to answer from the scripture this morning is this, where does the power of God flow? How can we be a church who operates in great power? How can we be a church where the power of God flows through us and changes culture, changes lives? How can you and I ultimately have the power of God flowing through us? Where does the power of God flow? And our scripture uh, this morning, uh, we're in verses 21 through the end of chapter 5. We had a little uh, scheduling issue, and therefore uh, we're going to come back uh, to uh, verses 1 through 20 um, next week. Uh, but this week, it's, it's, it's 21 through the end of the chapter. The context of this passage is that Jesus has had a thriving ministry, and, and he's been healing people. The power of him is, is flowing out into people's lives. And then he calls his closest followers and says, hey, guys, we're going to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And over there is where the pagans are and the wild ones are. And his closest followers are like, 
I don't know about that, but yeah, we're, we're in for that. And they hop on a boat and they head over there. And as we heard last week, there was a great storm. There was a wind and waves and, and it's like a hurricane on the Sea of Galilee, which was wild. And he's asleep in the stern. But ultimately what happens is they freak out and they wake Jesus up and they're like, Jesus, we're about to perish. The wind and the waves is crazy. And he wakes up and he speaks and the wind and the waves are calm. <laughs> and about that time, uh, they end up on the other side of the Sea of Galilee and they're waiting for them is a man with a crazy look in his eyes, a, a demoniac. And he heads over to the boat, and I'm sure the disciples are like, we ain't getting out of the boat. That, that boy looks, he looks crazy. Uh, but Jesus hops out of the boat, and they have an, a conversation. And right in the middle of that, he heals the demoniac. He delivers him from the oppression that he's under. And that man who was once a, a, a crazy man, who was in jail, out of jail, has a crazy past, is now in his right mind at the feet of Jesus. And all the townspeople hear about this and they all come running and they are like, what just happened? I'm glad he's healed, except I don't know who you are, this Jesus guy. This is some Harry Potter stuff you just pulled. You guys have to leave. And they all hop on the boat. And the uh, demoniac comes up to Jesus and he's like, hey, let me come. Like these people want to, like I, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. I want to come with you. But Jesus looks at the man and says, you go and tell your friends and your family, how much the Lord has done for you. And then Jesus and his closest followers hop on the boat, head back to the other side. And when they get there, there's a great crowd of people waiting for him. They had heard of his power. Uh, they had heard of the healings that he'd done and, and, and all the miraculous things. And there's a great crowd there. And a man comes up that the scripture says is a ruler of the synagogue. He comes up to Jesus and throws himself at Jesus' feet and says, please come heal my little girl. I've tried everything. I've, I've prayed prayers. And, and, and um, I don't know who you are, but I hear that you are a healer. And I want you to come and heal my little girl. And Jesus heads that way with him. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll come healer. And he goes with them. And on the way, there's tons of people around him asking him questions and having conversations with him. And right in the middle of that, uh, that we get an account of a woman who had the issue of bleeding for 12 years. And she had tried everything as well to try to get help, had spent all of her money, but only grew worse. And as Jesus has these uh, crowds of people around him, uh, this lady comes up behind him and touches the fringe of his cloak and she is instantly made well. And it's a miracle. She is uh, just, just in awe of what just happened. And the power of God flowed out of Jesus into this one lady. And about that time, all these people come up again and they explain uh, to the ruler of the synagogue, hey, ruler, I've got bad news, uh, but your little girl has passed away. She died. 
And he looks at Jesus like, man, we're, like we're too late. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I need to trouble you anymore. We're good. But Jesus smirks a little bit and says, no, no, no. Your little, uh, the little girl is only sleeping. He comes up to the house and uh, there's all these people crying and mourning and wailing. And Jesus comes up. And uh, he heads in the room with the little girl, uh, with only a few of his closest followers. And he speaks uh, to the little girl, and she raises from the dead. This is the story that we're going to look at here this morning. Where does the power of God flow? I believe these passages that we've just talked about, the ruler and uh, the woman with the issue of bleeding have some keys for us in order to understand where does the power of Jesus flow out. I've got two points for you this morning. Point number one is this, that the power of God often flows in the direction of earnestness. The power of God oftentimes flows in the direction of earnestness. This just means sincere conviction. This means hunger, uh, humility, urgency, thirst in my soul. Uh, That ultimately, as we look at the ruler of the synagogue, he did not come up to Jesus with his arms crossed saying, I'm the ruler of the synagogue. You should heal my daughter. No, no, no. His posture was one of earnestness. He, 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 he fell at the feet of Jesus, it says, and implored Him earnestly. His posture was one of earnestness. And then also uh, the woman as well. Homegirl had spent all of her money on trying to treat her illness. All of her money. Had spent all of her wealth, all of her uh, retirement 401k, everything, had had spent all of her money hoping that eventually someone would heal her and it would make her clean and well. This is a lot like addiction. Um, I know this is a huge thing in our community, but this is what happens with addiction, is that we have this problem, this heroin addiction or crack or meth or whatever it is, even pornography, and we, we, we spend all of our money on treatment trying to get help, except oftentimes it doesn't matter how much we spend, how many times we go to treatment, how many times we try to get help, we grow only worse. These people, the woman and the ruler, are both earnest for the help of Jesus. And that's their posture as well. And I've seen in church history that the uh, church often thrives under hard situations like this. That when the church is ultimately being persecuted or there's trials happening, that the church experiences the power of God flowing through it. Yet when the church gets comfortable, oftentimes we are a powerless church. And this is the same for individuals. That a powerful person is oftentimes a person who has a need who is clinging to Jesus but oftentimes we are lulled to sleep with an easy life I think 
uh, just maybe in our culture right now, it's not that God is removing his hand from the church, but rather he is allowing hard times to come in order to wake us up. Just maybe, just maybe Jesus is allowing the things to happen right now in culture and in the world in order that the church would come back to him in a powerful way and that we would operate in his power once again. Maybe that's what he's doing for you and I personally. Is that maybe that hard thing in your life is not there because he's absent from your life, but rather maybe that hard thing that's there that health issue, that anxiety, whatever that is, maybe that's God allowing that to be there in order that we come to Him in a genuine way and His power is able to flow through us. Paul speaks of this as well in uh, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. That he says, in our weakness, the power of God is made perfect and even Jesus as he's teaching on the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount he says blessed are the poor in spirit and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness this is not just hmm, I'm, I'm kind of hungry but I, I need food I'm hungering and I'm thirsting for righteousness blessed are the humble or uh, the meek this is the culture code of the kingdom of God this is how the power of God is able to flow through his people it comes through earnestness sincere conviction so here's my question for you this morning what in your life is currently making you uncomfortable what is that thing in your life that is the hard thing? Man, what if you let that thing draw you into earnestness in order that his power could flow through you? What if you weren't so casual about your struggles? Except instead you threw yourself, you fell at the feet of Jesus and implored him earnestly. I oftentimes explain a story uh, to drug addicts uh, uh, to highlight this point, uh, but I think it'll be helpful for this context as well. Um, this is one I heard from a guy named Eric Thomas, I believe. It is not my personal story. I didn't make this up. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I'm going to tweak it a little bit for our purposes. So picture in uh, your mind's eye right now uh, that there's a guy who is an alcoholic. And he's been an alcoholic for very many years. He, he's tried everything. He's a lot like this lady in the story. I mean, for 12 years, I've, I've tried everything. I've spent all my money. I've been to treatment. I've been to all the meetings. I've done all these things, and I still can't get sober. But he hears about this guy who has 20 years clean of alcohol, and he's like, that's a miracle. I'm going to go talk to him. And he comes up to the man, and he says, hey, guy, I, I, I'm... I've lost pretty much everything. I've lost my family. I've lost my house. I lost my job. And, and man, I, I need some help. I need uh, to get off of alcohol. I'm willing to do whatever you tell me to do. And uh, the man looks at him. And he says, all right, well, meet me by the river at 4 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. And the guy's like, 4 a.m.? I mean, I said everything, but I don't know if I meant everything. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll come. I'll be there at 4 a.m. 
So he wakes up after just a couple hours of sleep, and he gets all dressed up. He's got a suit and a tie on. And he brings a Bible and a journal and a, and, and a pen, and he, he's, he's ready, right? He's like, man, I'm going to learn today how to be clean and sober. And it's 4 a.m., so he's by the river, and the man shows up, and he says, hey, how can I get sober, sir? And he said, well, let's, let's head out into the water a little bit. And the guy's like, I came to learn how to get sober. I didn't, I didn't come to learn how to swim, but, but he's got 20 years, so I'll, I'll trust him. And they head out in the water a little bit, and, and he's like, man, my pants are getting wet, you know. He's like, how, how do I get sober? And he heads out a little bit more. He said, come on out just a little bit. He's up to his waist at this point. And he's like, man, you're getting my tie wet. Come on. He's like, how do I get sober? He's like, I'll, I'll tell you, let's, let's just head out just a little bit more. And at this point, they're kind of treading water out there a little bit. And he's like, man, this guy's crazy. <laughs> How do I get sober? And about that time, the man who has 20 years clean, he reaches over and he grabs the guy's head and he holds him under, holds him underwater, holds him underwater, holds him underwater, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 40 seconds. And at this point, the alcoholic is, is trying with all his might to get out of the water. He's punching the guy in the stomach. He's, he's, he's flailing around trying to swim away. He can't get away. And right before the guy passes out, he pulls him up out of the water. He lets him come up. And the man is like, what, what just happened? Why did you do this to me? I came to get sober. You're trying to kill me. And he looks at him. And he says, that's how you get sober. You've got to want it more than you want to breathe. And this is the same thing for us. How we follow Jesus is not through comfort. How we experience the power of God is not through an easy life, but rather it's through earnestness. We've got to want it more than we want to breathe. Where does the power of God flow? Or the power of God oftentimes flows in the direction of earnestness. And then point number two is this. The power of God oftentimes flows in the direction of faith. The power of God oftentimes flows in the direction of faith. I love the story of the woman with the issue of bleeding here, because with her condition, it would have been right for her to call out every time that she went in public, unclean, unclean, because of her issue. That's how it explained it in the Old Testament law. That every time that an unclean person went anywhere, they had to announce themselves. I mean, we see in this story, though, that there's great crowds around Jesus but this woman does not call out at all. There's all these people around Jesus touching him and, and asking him questions and, and, and criticizing him possibly. And the power of God does not flow out uh, to any of them. But rather when this lady comes up who's earnest and had heard about Jesus had heard that there was a man who had the power of God flowing through him. Had heard there was a man who, who had healed people like her who were hopeless. And she had just a little bit of faith 
and she came up uh, behind Jesus. And when she touched him, the scripture says that power flowed out from Jesus and he knew that power had flowed from him. And he stops everything in that moment and he tells his disciples, hey, someone, who, who touched me? And his closest followers said, hey, hey, listen, there's so many, everyone's touching you. There's, there's people all around you. There's people asking you questions. What do you mean? And he said, no, no, no. Power just left me. I, I, I know someone touched me. And right about that time, the lady comes up who had been unclean who had had this issue of bleeding for so long, but she knew right then that she had been healed and she comes up and humbles herself at the feet of Jesus and is like, hey, it's me. I'm the one that touched you. I had this issue and, and, and now I'm healed. And he says this phrase, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. <laughs> the power of God is kind of like electricity. If you know anything about electricity, uh, that you know that it uh, does not flow through wood or through plastic or through concrete even. But rather, the power of electricity flows only through metal. This is the same thing with the power of God. It does not flow through cynicism or just being around the things of God. But rather, the power of God flows through faith. It flows in the direction of faith. All through the New Testament, we see these phrases over and over again that are like the one he says here, that your faith has made you well. These seemingly hopeless conditions are all healed because someone comes to Jesus in faith. I want to encourage you, Vineyard, that there is no situation that's impossible for God. Nothing is too hard for Him. No situation is too hopeless for the power of of God. You just need a mustard seed of faith. A small caveat here that I want to say is that if you have an issue that you've pled with God over and you've asked Him to heal you over and over again and He hasn't, it probably isn't because of your lack of faith, but rather He is a sovereign God. And there are times where He has a higher purpose than healing. But let's not use that as an excuse to not believe God for the miraculous. I've got one of those types of situations in my life. It's a speech impediment, as you all know. I've had a speech impediment my whole life, and when I came to Christ, He healed me a lot of that, yet it's still there. And I'll be honest, I pled with God over and over again in faith, hey God, heal it. I would like to be able to speak without any disfluencies. Would you heal my speech impediment? But he says, no, my grace is all you need and my power is made perfect in your weakness. Uh, but there are times where the power of God flows and there is healing that comes through our faith. Uh, but if we flip open uh, just one chapter over, and I think uh, that we're preaching on this in two weeks, that we see uh, uh, that Jesus went to his hometown. And it says he could not do many great works there because of their unbelief or their lack of faith. The 
The power of God flows in the direction of earnestness and it flows in the direction of faith. And the woman who had been on the outskirts of society, who had been an outcast, had to announce unclean, unclean everywhere she went because of her earnestness and because of her faith was healed or saved is the actual word, sozo, which ultimately means that she was healed and made whole and saved and welcomed into the family of God. Here's my question uh, for us here this morning is how are you coming to Jesus? How are you coming to Jesus? Are you like the big crowd around the things of God? Asking him questions and, and, and at church maybe and, and, and reading some things and listening to podcasts and hearing things just around the things of God and also possibly watching other people experience the power of God. Or are you like this woman or this man who come to Jesus in faith and through that experience his power? Where does the power of God flow? Well, it oftentimes flows in the direction of earnestness and it flows in the direction of faith. The main point of these passages, I believe, is this. That there is no situation too hopeless for Jesus. Over the past few weeks, we've seen that Jesus has authority over the wind and the waves. And in this chapter, we see that Jesus has authority over all demonic activity, all disease, and even over death. Jesus has authority over demons and disease and even death. I love how this text ends. This little girl that is in the ultimate hopeless situation has passed away. Everyone around her is mourning and is sad. Then Jesus comes in the room speaks to her, and the little girl gets up from her bed. She was literally dead, and now she's alive. And this is a wonderful miracle, but it is a pointer to a future time where Jesus is going to be resurrected. He was crucified on a cross after he lived a perfect life, and then he was put in a tomb, and he rose from the grave. He hung out for about 40 days, teaching about the kingdom of God. He ascended into heaven. He left the Holy Spirit to his church. We are operating in power, yet there's going to come a day where Jesus comes back. I can't wait for that day, to be very honest with you. He's going to come back, and everyone is going to be resurrected like this little girl was. And if you aren't in Christ, ultimately you will be resurrected into eternal judgment, yet if you're a believer in Jesus, on that day, you will be resurrected into eternal life. Total healing. All demonic activity will be cast out. All disease will be healed. And all of uh, the dead will rise. This is what we look forward to, the new heaven and the new earth. No situation is too hopeless for King Jesus. He has authority over the demons, over disease, even over death. How are you approaching 
Jesus this morning, Vineyard? Are you truly desperate? Are you earnest? Or are you just casual? Are you touching him in faith? Or are you just around the things of God? If you're here and you are a Christian, but you feel like that in this time of life right now, you're, you're pretty comfortable. As you hear this message, you're like, man, honestly, I don't really have a lot of issues like you're talking about. I don't have health issues. I'm kind of doing well financially, and, and I've lost a little bit of that earnestness. I would just encourage you that earnestness is a choice. That even if you are comfortable right now externally, you can choose to be earnest. I've heard about how earnest our church was um, about six months ago in the 714 project. That every day you got on your knees and you were praying and you were praying with other people and you were earnest for the things of God. Let's return there. Let's choose earnestness. Let's choose... A, to put ourselves in situations that demand our earnestness. Honestly, I think that's a big reason why that Christians are comfortable sometimes. And they're like, I don't really need the power of God is because we don't put ourselves in situations where we need His power to flow through us. If you're listening to this and you're comfortable, let's choose earnestness. Man, let's start to get on our knees again to pray. Man, let's come to the Bible with earnestness and faith, trusting that His power will flow through us and let's put ourselves in harder situations. Let's step out in faith in order we need to cling to Him. And if you're listening uh, to this and you do have a situation in your life that is making you really desperate, then I want to encourage you, Come to Jesus in faith. That situation, that health issue, that confusion about all the things that are happening in our world right now, let that drive you into uh, close contact and intimacy with the God of the universe. Let's come to Jesus in those situations and ask him to move in faith. And then lastly, if you're listening uh, to this and you feel hopeless right now, that you feel like the woman with the issue of bleeding. I, I've, I've tried everything. I've spent all I have. And I want to just encourage you, it's not hopeless. There is a God who knows what's going on in your life and He has you listening to this message for a purpose. I would just ask you to believe again Dream again, hope again, come to Jesus again afresh, trusting your situation is not hopeless. I don't care how dark it looks. We see in the text that even after the girl had passed away, it still wasn't hopeless. Nothing is too hopeless for the power of Jesus. He can still resurrect your life. He can still change that circumstance. Nothing is too hopeless for Jesus. The last uh, type of person that I want to talk to right now is the person who is not yet a believer in Jesus Christ. That maybe you're 
uh, that you're in the place like a lot of people are today. Man, I, I, I can't believe that. that that's, that's uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't even know. I, you know. That wasn't raised in church. I don't understand it all. Uh, and I'll just encourage you with this. Jesus is waiting with open arms. He loves you. He, he literally was crucified on a cross for your sins. He rose from the grave because he loves you. He is the hope of the universe. Heaven and hell literally hang in the balance of what you do with Jesus. And he has you listening to this right now because he wants to save you. How you're saved is that you turn from your sins and you place your faith in Jesus. It's like the people in the story that you acknowledge your powerlessness. I can't save myself. I can't be good enough. I can't pay for my own uh, t- t- shortcomings. And you come in faith to Jesus. I believe in the crucifixion. I believe in the resurrection. I give you my life, Jesus. And if that's you, spend some time over the next few days or, or um, here right now or like right after this service to come to Jesus and to, and to pray and just tell him where you're at. I need you. I can't save myself. I need you to save me. And I'm telling you, he will gladly do it. He came to seek and save those who are lost. Where does the power of God flow? It flows in the direction of earnestness and it flows in the direction of faith. And man, what would it look like if the Vineyard Church all had people like you and I who were on mission, who were earnest for the power of God, who were operating uh, in faith and the power of God was flowing through us and you and I were on fire and then the whole church came together in that posture, we would be a powerful church again. His kingdom would be advancing. People would be coming to faith in Jesus and that's our heart. That's my heart for our church is that we would operate in the power of God. I love you, Vineyard. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.